Hello, this is James Fairchild, and welcome to my podcast, James Ames Business. This week, we are looking at capital gains tax changes. Before I do that, let me first of all apologise for the lack of an episode last week. The main reason is that I was involved in a road accident and had a number of matters to be dealing with as an effect of that, including the fact that I was without a car for a few days. So, please accept my apologies. Right, let's get straight into the capital gains tax changes. Before we do, what is capital gains tax? Well, in general, it's a tax that applies when you sell something for more than you paid for it doesn't just apply to investment property. It can apply to shares. It can apply to antiques, furniture, artworks, that kind of thing. We are, however, today going to focus on the changes as they relate to people with investment property. I know a number of you listen to podcasts while you're driving. If this is a situation that is relevant to you, you might like to listen to it through once, perhaps while driving, and then perhaps listen to it a second time when you can get a pen and paper and perhaps a calculator out. There are three main changes that are happening from the 6th of April this year. That is to say from sales which are completed on or after the 6th of April. One is that within 30 days you need to both file a return and make a payment relating to the tax which is owed. That's within 30 days. Another change is that private residence relief, the deemed period, and I'll come on to what that is, is being halved from 18 months down to 9 months. And the other change is that lettings relief is only going to apply going forwards in situations where you, the landlord, lived in the property alongside a lodger. So present... Or if you completed on a property, on selling a property, by the 5th of April 2020, you would report that as part of your tax return for the 1920 tax return, the 1920 tax year, and that return would be due on the 31st of January 2021, and payment relating to that return would be due on the same date. If you complete on your property the day after, the 6th of April 2020, this new 30-day capital gains tax return needs to be submitted, as I say, within 30 days of completion, and also a notional payment for your best estimate or your accountant's best estimate of the capital gains tax due based on the information that's known at that point. Some of it may change later on in the tax year, but that's why it's called a notional payment. 
In respect of the other two items, I'm going to use a simple worked example. Now, broadly speaking, we're looking at the increase in value of a property from when you bought it to when you sold it. And you can also bring in to lower the amount of that increase. You can bring in the costs that you incurred when buying the property and the costs you incur on selling or disposing of it. Uh, so it might be that you have a copy of your solicitor's bill from the start and obviously you'll have a solicitor's bill for the end and quite possibly an estate agent's bill as well. To be simple, or as simple as I can, we're going to look at a property that was bought 10 years ago for £150,000 and is sold now, 10 years later, for £250,000. And we're going to ignore any solicitor's costs and so on. So essentially, we're looking at a property that has increased in value by £100,000 over the course of 10 years. We're also going to assume that you lived in this property as your residence for five years, five of those 10 years, so half the time. On the old rules, private residence relief looks at those five years you lived in the property and it adds on a deemed period at the end of presently 18 months, a year and a half. So again, assuming you bought the property in 2010, you lived in it from 2010 to 2015, you're deemed to have lived in the property for the last 18 months. That is to say, if we add the five years and the 18 months to give six and a half years, we say that six and a half out of 10 as a fraction of the gain is your amount of private residence relief. So using our increase in value of a hundred thousand pounds, private residence relief is 65,000 pounds. That's under the old rules, the current rules. We are therefore left with a chargeable gain of £35,000. Now we consider letting relief. Letting relief under the present rules is defined as the lower of the following three things. The private residence relief number that has just been calculated, a fixed £40,000 and your chargeable gain. So in the example we are looking at, the private residence relief is 65, 40, 40,000 pounds is obviously 40. And the chargeable gain is 35. Therefore letting relief is the lower of 65, 40 and 35, which if there are any children listening to the podcast alongside mum or dad, they'll all hopefully tell you that the lower of those three numbers is the 35. So in the example based on the current rules that apply up to 
and including the 5th of April. We have a gain of 100. We have private residence relief of 65. We then have letting relief of 35. That is to say, for tax purposes, the gain is zero. So we don't need to look at allowances or anything else. That's zero, which is obviously the result we want. That is the current system. If this property was sold one day later, on the 6th of April this year, or, or later on, obviously, we first look at how private residence relief is different. So again, we're assuming the same scenario. We're assuming that we lived in this property from 2010 to 2015. This deemed period at the end is halved. So it's no longer 18 months. It goes down to nine months. That is to say, we're looking at a fraction of 5.75 years out of the 10 years. So again, our gain is £100,000. This time, the private residence relief is £57,500. Now we look at letting relief. Assuming that the owner of the property did not live in the property at the same time as a lodger, there is now no letting relief available. So letting relief for the purposes of what we're about to do is zero. This means that we have a chargeable gain of £42,500. If this is the only disposal of an asset that we have made during the financial year, then we can bring in our capital gains tax allowance, which we believe for the 2021 year, it's not yet been confirmed because of the late budget that happens in about three weeks, well, maybe about two weeks, uh, actually. We believe that it is going to remain, this is the, the capital gains tax allowance is going to remain at £12,000, although that could, that could change once the Chancellor delivers, delivers his first budget. So our £42,500 take off the allowance that we think is £12,000, we're left with £30,500. And that amount is then subject to either 18% or 28%. And we'll use 28% because it's perhaps most likely. And the end result is that £8,540 of capital gains tax needs to A, be accounted for in a return and B, paid over to HMRC, both within 30 days of completion, which in this example was the 6th of April. So 30 days after that would be money to arrive with HMRC by the 6th of May. If a house is owned jointly, then of course, 
these various allowances are per person, not per property. Again, you may wish to get advice from either your accountant or your solicitor about your personal circumstances. Some general advice from me, some things to think about. If you do have investment property, then you may wish to consider selling that property with the aim of selling, exchanging and completing by the 5th of April. You may also wish to consider, and this is obviously a matter to take advice on, don't just, don't just jump into this, but you may wish to consider the issues and the practicalities around gifting that property to a member of your family or obviously potentially someone outside of your family, good friend and so on and so forth. And again, for the effective date of the gift to be the 5th of April or before. And I suggest that you consider doing one of the above in the situation where there is a property that has increased substantially in value and you have indeed lived at that property for a period of time. Obviously you can crunch the numbers based on your actual period of occupation and so on and so forth. The other thing to think about of course if you are selling a property, putting it on the market, then if your numbers stack up like the simple example I've just done, where you are faced with a tax bill of £8,500, if you sell on or after the 6th of April, then it may well be that you can set perhaps a lower selling price or maybe even say to a purchaser, look, if you exchange and complete really quickly by the 5th of April, I will do you a discount of X. And obviously that's a matter for you to consider along with everything else. As I said, do take the advice of your solicitor and your accountant about this matter. There are lots of articles and podcasts about this sort of thing do do some research and ensure that you get some tailored advice to your specific circumstances for example the gifting approach may well not be the most tax efficient route for everybody if all of the circumstances are brought into consideration but yes if this type of thing is relevant to you you may well want to get a property on the market. And of course, buyers or potential investment buyers, they will be aware of this. And they will be, you can bet, using it as a negotiating tactic. Let's leave it there. As I said, you may wish to listen back to this at a point that you can get a pen and a calculator out and write some numbers down and then write some numbers down that relate to your situation and 
whatever you do decide, if this is something that's relevant to you. And again, remember this only applies to investment properties that you, the owner, have lived in for a period of time. It doesn't necessarily need to be a long period of time. Um, even a few months at the start of your ownership of a particular property, you can still add that to the 18, soon to be nine months, and there'll be a small benefit out of, out of doing so, but you must have actually lived in the property. Let's leave it there. I hope everybody has a good week. And remember, this podcast talks about matters in the general case. And I always recommend that you obtain specific advice relevant to you and your circumstances from accountant, solicitor, financial advisor, estate agent, as the case may be. Goodbye, folks. See you next week.